The Bible says, shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Kamarini Paului. He said, God forbid. <laughs> but whether you are growing, whether you think you finish growing, whether you think you've balagad. Sorry, I apologize for my <laughs> my rashness. But whether you think whether you are Ikoko, the one they gave birth to yesterday, or you are balagad by defeat, pride is pride is a very very critical um scene that we all need to be watchful for hello everyone welcome to another episode of the unveiling podcast uh with your hosts folu that's me and komi um on this podcast we talk about a range of spiritual topics that affect uh all growing believers and uh, we're excited to bring another episode to you today komi how far now how are you feeling i'm fine i'm just tired looking forward to the holiday tomorrow. Uh, let's just clarify that the holiday tomorrow is MLK. So in case you are going to be listening to this episode after MLK, there's no holiday tomorrow. If you don't show up at work, you're on your own. Yeah, on your own. But um, I'm back in school now. Um, I miss my apartment. I actually really miss my apartment. Plus, I guess I just miss the fact that I was paying rent and not, and not staying here. So... I'm excited. Do you have the problem with your internet at your apartment? I do. And that pisses me off so much. Every time you hear me see this internet. Yeah. I probably say every time. But, but, um, yeah, I'm still excited to be back. It's, It's weird that I'm excited to be back. I think I've just missed like my space. So, and schedule. Yeah, and schedule and, actually living real life holiday just kind of makes you feel like yeah in an alternate universe and then they just jolt you back into real life in january they don't even give you any warnings so it's good to be back (laughs) (laughs) okay so uh so today we are talking about uh, well, the topic is, can God trust you with his babies? Ooh. Very interesting. So do you want to... So have you had babysat? Boy. I have five nephews. Um, so yeah, I'm frequently babysitting. So what is the um I have a couple nephews that are nieces too. Um but what's the youngest baby you've actually babysat? Oh I've probably babysat like a few weeks old baby. And when you say babysat how long? Mm. well i think for i would say okay so when my nephew was born my sister-in-law went back to work well i think by this time because i mean the maternity leave in the u.s is like what one month um so but her mom was around um so she was the one doing most of the babysitting um but by the time she went back i would say he was about a few months old but then i would like babysit for an entire day so if I say joint babysitting, I'll probably say, yeah, for an entire day when he was a few weeks old. 
um but so babysitting yeah probably like a month and a half or two months old oh actually maybe older but yeah so i think for me i babysat for money before so mm-hmm. but they weren't babies they were like when i was in grad school i babysat my supervisors my pi's children how old are those ones no oh, they're in, how they're in, they're, they're, the oldest was like at the time i want to say 11 or 12 that one is almost teenager sitting now. Exactly. No, but he wasn't the one I was really babysitting. His oh. youngest brother was five. So oh, I okay. used to babysit. But we used to have a lot of fun. And he had, they had cats and dogs. But I wasn't really doing anything. I was literally doing sport then. Mm-hmm. But the youngest kid I babysat are my nephews. So there's twins and then there's baby. Yeah. They, okay. There's twins and they have a younger brother. And at the time... I think they were three and few months. And my sister-in-law deceived me that she was going to go to the, and my, my older sister, my oldest older sister said they were going to go to the mall really quickly to pick up something. Bruh, these people were gone for like two or three hours. I was like literally weeping. Only was <laughs> For me, it was a lot because there were three kids that won't, like three babies that won't stop crying. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to, the, the, the other the twins were not babies but one of them was pinching the other i remember pinching scratching <laughs> and i was with the baby and i'm i was losing my mind and yeah i didn't know my sister-in-law was like oh thank god that, oh my god <laughs> oh my god thank god and herself and my um sister were just at the mall not picking my call when they came i was so mad i was like take your children take your where have you guys been and mm. she was laughing and she's like, don't worry, you still have kids. But it's been like 10 years. I, I still don't have kids now, but I'm sure I would add to the situation I'm so much better now. Mm. Um, so what are some of the things you think um, people look at when they are trying to pick out a babysitter? Um, I think they want to first first of all know that you if you if you don't love their child, at least you like their child enough. <laughs> to be able to stay with that child for however many hours that you know they're going to be gone um i think they also want to be sure that you have some level of patience you know because dealing with kids honestly like in december i also had to babysit my two nephews um one just on three but he was two at the time and the other is one so i think another attribute a lot of parents look out for is um patience in the babysitter because uh, children are really really some no not sometimes they're actually really hard to deal with every time um <laughs> they are sweet uh for example like over the christmas holiday um i babysat my nephew the younger one was calling me mommy and at first it was really strange but <laughs> i was like okay i mean i might also have a you know a practice run <laughs> so uh, i had to constantly remind i had to constantly look for the patients that's was I was running out of, you know, with the older one, because in my head, I'm like, you are at least older. But then I kept forgetting that he's just two years old, you know, even though there's a smaller one that seems to, you know, be free to make all the mistakes. And I want to pour out my anger on this two-year-old who is also trying to make the same mistakes. I have to remind myself that this boy is just two and he's just a child. So yeah, I think the first two things they look out for is that you at least like their child. And the second thing is probably patience. And let me see, what's the third thing? I think for um, me, one thing I'll mention is feed. You can feed their children. Because mm-hmm, yeah. especially when parents are gone for so long, either one thing, either you can, you're able to take what is already prepared and yeah. make, 
or you can make something yourself. And I yeah. remember growing up, um, just thinking my brother cooks, my oldest brother cooks, and it's because my mom traveled a lot. My mom was gone for weeks at a time sometimes. And mm. then my mom was this kind of, she was really close to her dad. Like it was really, it's really weird because my mom might just be talking to her dad on the phone. Like, cause growing up, my dad, my grandpa used to have a landman. He used to call us two four seven. Like <laughs> he used to call my mom all the time. And my mom would be like, okay, I'm coming. And she'd be like, tell your dad when he comes back from work that I've gone home. Home is like five hours. And my mom would drive home, literally. And I mean, we had some elves that were staying with us at the beginning. Later, some of them started going and coming. But my brother would cook. My other brother always cooked, cared for us, and things like that. So I think you should be able to feed yeah. the kids. Yeah. So, so my question now is, like, the topic says, can God trust you with his babies? Do you feel like many times we don't look at ourselves as babysitters or or even though we are the baby you don't see adult christians or more mature christians treat us with the same level of care and tenderness that god would like or just talk about that Mm, well i think that um and i think that it is not just you know adult christians treating we growing believers with care and tenderness i think that we should also kind of put ourselves in that um in those shoes, do we as growing believers also treat new converts, you know, with care and with tenderness? Um, but let me go back to your question. Um, I I think that um, I think that it really depends on how long you've been, quote unquote, a growing believer. If if I was, you know, a much older Christian. I probably would lose patience with a believer who has, and we're all growing believers at the end of the day, you know, but um, for example, let me give an example. And this is not in any way, you know, to condemn somebody who finds themselves in this situation or who is struggling with a particular weakness or let's call it sin. Um, but I think that sometimes adult believers just get irritated you know, when they see that this person, ah, you're still struggling with this thing, you're still struggling with this thing. For example, you're still struggling with lying or you're still struggling with fornication. Fornication is always a point of reference for... Fornication is the best digestive. Oh, I mean, but, but it's a big, it's a big deal. Oh, you're still struggling with envy, you know, something as little as envy is huge. But I feel like a, a lot of Christians just brush it under the rug and you know focus on more horrible quote-unquote things like eh, eh, adultery and fornication um but yeah i think i just lost my train of thoughts but um yeah they are frustrated basically yeah i think i think they just often get frustrated and they forget and that's also um you know extending to us an extension to us as we forget that we were at some point regardless of how long it took us to you know get to this point in our faith at some point we were struggling with these things not maybe not exactly these things but we were struggling with our own version of these things Mm -hmm. you know if somebody for example is struggling with struggling with again adultery you at some point or even currently you're struggling with jealousy or envy or pride you know something or pride exactly so um they get frustrated that this person is supposed to have grown to this certain extent, but I think they also, we, let me say, we also forget that at some point in our Christian work, we have been at this point as well. You know, I totally agree with you. So, so one thing I want to piggyback from what you said is I just remembered when Paul was talking to the church in Corinth mm-hmm. of how 
these people are behaving like people in the world. And Paul was really frustrated. And I, I don't know if that's the only time that it's like, hey, you're meant to be eating bone by now. You're still drinking yeah. milk. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it was even, I think that happened more than once. But I know um, the church in Corinthians was one with a lot of frustration where mm-hmm. um, I think Paul had treated them with um, a lot of tenderness and care for so long. And it's like, brah. I need to be doing something better on my time. You guys, yeah, need, yeah. yeah, you guys can be doing better. So I, I see where we have to be. And I feel like to buttress your point, you know, I, I don't know if this is a little bit off from the topic, but you don't want a child. There's a problem if your child is still drinking milk yeah, or taking breasts at the age of seven. Mm-hmm. Well. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but 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 you get my point the point is is as much as we want to be tender we also want to encourage people to grow because yeah yeah, because growth is important because god doesn't ever want to leave you where you're at yeah yeah i totally agree i just i just remembered again the example of my nephews like over the um christmas break my sister-in-law had been trying to get my nephew to use his potty for number two and he only associated potty with number one like when he wants to pee he uses the potty but when it's number two he just can't bring himself to use the potty so I see that I could see that frustration in my sister-in-law like oh why what is so bad with using (laughs) for number two um but then again you also have to get to a point where you are able to balance you know although you are frustrated you're able to also you know offer you're also able to be patient with this child especially i mean he's young but if he gets to the point where he's five years old and he still prefers to poop in a diaper then at that point i would absolutely agree with paul that yeah you should be frustrated with that kind of believer but i think even as and i also saw this in corinthians right even as there was frustration there's also some kind of delicacy Mm. and I think that's something that sometimes gets lost because we human beings I mean the fruit of the spirit patience and you Mm. mentioned is is, that's where it comes to light and it's very important because sometimes some people cannot just help themselves they still do number two they still cannot get to associate the party with number two do you get mm-hmm. they are struggling and i've been there before it's not like i don't know it's a scene i don't know it can, I, I i need help but i just can't help myself yeah and so that's where intervention comes in place and that's where a lot of prayerfulness you have to be prayerful prayerful and a lot of care and tenderness you yeah. have to tell the person that hey we're not joking this is very this thing is very dangerous or this mm-hmm. habit is very dangerous and it can kill you spiritually it might mm-hmm. not kill you physically so you have to tell them the real consequences but i think what whatever level you are there should also be that level of delicacy mm. because when it comes to um struggles or child childishness mm. there's still there's always and, and that's why it's called childishness there's that lack of wisdom lack of understanding 
Mm. That is behind it. I don't know if I'm going on and on in a round. I mean, yeah, I, I get what you mean. And I think that as you're speaking, I'm just trying to think about I'm I don't want to veer off the topic as well, but I can't help but think about, you know, do some do we as grain or you know, those ahead of us as mature Christians are some weaknesses more permissible or more um mm. bearable than some others? Like if you then again, I'm sorry to keep using this <laughs> this example of fornication or adultery. It's just this porn, pornography, or something, something I mean, different. Before people start thinking we have something against uh, uh, people struggling, they're, yeah, they're all related. No, no, we don't have anything against people struggling. It's just a in a, a reference point. You know, As just, a Nigeria, you know that that's the, that's the unpardonable, uh, unpardonable sin. Yeah, and when you talk about unpardonable sin, I think that's where my my um contribution is heading. Um, so fornication, adultery, those are the unpardonable sins. But you talked about pride as well, and it, even mature Christians have you know issues with pride. Everybody, growing Christians have issues with pride. I will. I don't know if. I think I I don't know, but I, it's not like I can back this up with any statistics. So I'm not going to say I'm not going to put it out there. Um, but do you think that there are just some um weaknesses or some sins that are more pardonable than some others that but mature Christians are probably going to be less frustrated about, you know, with growing believers than some others? So I think. I think I will answer this from two places, um, two ways, from what I've seen and from the scriptures, right? So when it comes to sexual sin, um, the Christian community is more ash, more stern, and um, there's a lot of shame associated with sexual sin. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to say it shouldn't be so, I don't think we, we are the ones that should, I mean, devil, is, devil already has a lot of shame. We shouldn't be the one putting shame on people yeah. struggling with sin. But I feel like even the Bible kind of differentiated sexual sin from other sin. So this, that's one sin that you commit against your body, which, which is the tem, uh, temple of the Lord. Mm. You get. So there's that seriousness with sexual sin. Um, I think that part of the Bible says you are trying to, and in the in, and that was in Corinthians again. There was a, a big problem with prostitution in mm. the city of Corinth. Um, I've heard that what they had was like they had markings on the floor with arrows showing. So if you they had like sexual tourism, so mm. um, people came out of town to just sleep with prostitutes and things like that. Mm. Um, so Paul was saying that. You want to take the body where you say Christ lives. You want to take the body where you you say the Holy Spirit dwells in. Because when mm-hmm. we are Christians, um, um, the next the next thing after salvation basically is the Holy Spirit comes into us. You want to take that body and be joined with as one with a prostitute. Mm-hmm. So Paul Paul shows us the seriousness of um, sexual sin. Mm. However, that being said, is that you sexual sins are not the only things that lead people to hellfire. Even mm. the so the, the small sins like gossip, small yeah. sins, quote unquote, that we've we've kind of not magnified as a church. Yeah. Pride. That's one of the three sins, pride of life, literally. Mm-hmm. Um 
One thing I think the church has ignored for a long time is the pleasure of this life. And I forgot how you put it, pride of life, loss, loss of, loss of the, eyes. the eyes. and But one of them has to do with pleasure, right? Mm. And I feel like a lot of people have come to excuse debauchery. Like a lot of people have come to excuse people living large. And I, I know we're going off topic, but people living in ways like they're living like this is eternity. Mm. just being fixated on things on mammon on money and so we we've come to a point where we associate so much shame with one sin yeah because because it shows some kind of weakness mm. quote unquote evidence uh, obvious outward weakness exactly and we've ignored so many other sins like mm. pride pride is one that are, that a lot of us struggle with knowingly or unknowingly mm-hmm. um, I've caught myself in so many things saying things or thinking back and said man who did I think I was or why yeah. did I say that way or why did I say God forbid it can't be me, can't be me. Uh, it, exactly and um, um, what other thing I think is evident the one I just said like we being so caught up with this world we want to look like mm-hmm. this world wear so much I have no problem with gold. I wear gold. But I'm just saying we just want to look like people who have no other permanent address. Like mm. this is it. And so nobody attacks that. It's, we call those God's blessing or mm. God's blessing them. That's why they are something. God is blessing her with education. That's why she sounds, she's so cocky. But those are, the Bible says little foxes destroy divine. Mm. And so I think, um, to answer your question, I've gone, no, no, no. Fornication, mm-hmm. adultery, pornography, all these sins that we can mention, they are very serious sins, but so also is lying. The Bible says Satan is the father of all liars. So also is stealing, so also is pride, and the list continues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I, even, I even think that, I don't know, and I'm not good, but sometimes I think that pride is even worse than and sexual sins because it's not sexual sin that sent satan to that that you know that made satan be cast down from heaven to you know to hell it was pride mm-hmm. so sometimes i and it, i was listening to one of apostle um joshua selman's messages and he was just talking about the fact that every christian at every point in your faith whether you are you know, a general overseer or you just give your life to Christ yesterday, pride is something that we all have to be watchful for. It comes comes in the most tiny things. Like, you just feel like, ah, okay, at least me, even if this person is lying, at least me, I'm not lying. I say the truth every time. But you're envious. But you're even already proud, you know, just comparing yourself to another believer who you don't know what this person is. You don't know the kind of conversations this person is having with God. You don't know how this person is saying, God, I don't like what I did yesterday. I really want to stop it. I don't like the mm-hmm. fact that I am. I don't, you know. So at the end of the day, I feel like every believer, whether you're growing, or whether you think you've finished growing, whether you think you've balagad, sorry, I apologize for my, <laughs> my rashness, but whether you think, whether you are a coco, the one they gave birth to yesterday, or you are balag by defeats, Pride is pride is a very very critical um, sin that we all need to be watchful for. And as Komi has said, of course, every other sin is also um, important. But I, I just think there's something about pride that's every ever since I listened to that message, I find myself, you know, 
checking myself more often. And I, I check myself so often now. I'm like, wow, I didn't realize how often, you know, pride just comes. I mean, I didn't from think nowhere. That, yeah, from nowhere. You're just some things that just come up in your mind. You're like, wow, who do I think I am? Really? Wow. You know, one thing, eh? now thinking about that topic, um, can God trust it? Something I, I, I think about, I'm a sexual sinner, whatever, is growing up, I always had a soft spot for people who had baby outside wedlock in the church. Mm. Because of the way they were treated, their parents, their family. And in my mind, I always used to think about, like, Christians are so funny. Okay, so... That, this is my mind then so now i'm older i know that not everybody thought that way and things like that but you don't this person they would teach us that we we're taught that fornication was bad mm. we were also taught that abortion was bad mm-hmm. we were taught david's story and Bathsheba and all what not so this person you know messed up maybe either by a one-time scene or continual scene, they got pregnant. And now they have a child. And instead of them, in my mind, this is how my mind is working. Instead of you, them, you applauding them for not, so say, killing the baby. Mm-hmm. You are making their family an outcast. You are making the, the, the girl, you know. So in my mind, I used to think that, are we, do we, even have the level of grace and truth. You know how the Bible, I was reading somewhere, I don't know if it's in Colossians recently, but how they said God, Christ is full of truth and full of grace. Yeah. Right? You're having, and God expects us to be that way. You want us to always propel the truth, but we never want to give out the grace that accompanies the truth. Do you get mm-hmm. it? So yes, mm-hmm. they shouldn't have been doing what they were doing. They shouldn't have been, but now they've done that. You're meant to say the truth. In fact, now you don't really need to tell them the truth. They're already thinking about their life that, man, I have this baby to take care. But you're not ready to offer them grace. Mm-hmm. And it has caused a lot of babies and young Christians to leave the church. Yeah. You know, and so for me, that is a little bit, that's really mind-blowing and that's really... Yeah, yeah and, and, I, and I think that when believers, when people first give their lives to Christ, um, they are so, just like newborn babies, they are so tender, they are so impressionable, they are so delicate. And, you know, it takes faith to even give your life to Christ in the first place. Yes. And faith is, faith grows. So... Mm-hmm. If even certification is a process exactly everything is a process in this life you know so sometimes i feel like we're too like you said you know talking about grace of, of extending grace but even in truth you want to tell them the truth but you also want to you also want to extend the same grace that christ has extended to you to mm. these people they are still so tender anything can just you know trip them up and they're like you know what this christianity and i'm not even doing it again but it's we we find that once people give their lives to christ then we start to expect some things from them that honestly sometimes i think it's unrealistic because like like i said it's a process they get just because oh i gave my life to christ today does not mean that i'm all of a sudden you know this mature believer i'm 
I'm still being transformed on a daily basis into the image of Christ. I'm still being transformed into um, an identity that is very, very similar to Christ. So it would take time. This this believer is going to rise. This believer is going to fall. Even as growing Christians, we still rise and fall. So Mm -hmm. I think it's just very important that we treat them with delicateness. Is there a word like that? But we treat them with delicateness. Yeah, the way we treat our babies, our actual, you know, physical, physical new babies or toddlers, extend that same level of grace and, you know, mercy and love and compassion to them. I think if there's something I've learned, us rounding up um, from this podcast is when it comes to any believer, baby growing, mature, it should be a balance of... Um, truth and grace so mm. there are there are places even in the same corinthians i don't know i keep going to when paul told them that that man that was running away with his father's wife can you remember Mm-mm. that paul says that they should send him out of the church the guy came back in second corinthians he, he oh, was allowed back but but um i think sometimes you have to be stern because yeah. it, as much as in nigeria i think we are big on truth i think I've seen in America, they are so big on grace. Grace, yeah. And uh, the Bible says, shall we continue to sin that grace? Right. God forbid. It said, God forbid. <laughs> no, because, so in the end, as much as we are, you know, I'm in that, hey, we need to tell grace or we need to tell mm-hmm. the truth. We need yeah. to get to a place where it's really balanced for us to see yeah. growth. growth and see. Um, see what you know to have a full and a complete image of who christ is and who he wants us yeah yeah and and just to piggyback on what you said uh, in conclusion from my end um it's also grace and truth are also very important you know to strike a balance to actually have a believer who is well grounded if you if a believer is so um brought up with so much truth and no grace they become they become like legalistic. Yeah, exactly. Pharisees. And if a is brought up with you know so much grace and no truth, they they, they I don't know what the word Jesus is. loves you the way you are. Well, you are come as you are, but don't stay as you are, you know. Yeah. God wants you to come the way you are, but don't remain as you are. That's the whole point of Christianity for you to be transformed, you know, into the image of Christ. So I completely agree with you that we have to strike a balance at every point in time. Yeah. All right. Uh, Come any last thoughts before we wrap up for today? No, I thought I think we had a really great discussion. Um, I would I would catch myself on pride, especially when I'm pushing out the truth. In I tend to be somebody who says what's on my mind, so pushing mm-hmm. out the truth in in ways that are not godly, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, just extend more grace and also extend more truth where I need to be because sometimes I tend to so I need to always consciously remind myself not to be a proud person to you know be caring and uh, I feel yeah. like yeah I feel like I God spoke to me a lot with this podcast yeah I think for me it's sometimes hard for me to tell the truth I find myself extending so much grace that I cannot come and not tell you the hard road truth so I think um, for me, like you said, it's really important for us to strike that balance in, you know, offering both grace and truth at the same time. 
All right. It's been an amazing conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to us today as we enjoyed bringing this podcast your way today. Um, and I hope that we can all learn from this. We can all grow from this. Like we said, we are just growing believers. Um, uh, there is no, we are not your pastors. <laughs> we are just two friends, two, two growing Christian friends having conversations and trying to um, sharpen each other up. And we hope that we're also doing the same for you. So until we come your way, next episode uh stay strong uh stay believing stay faithful and we will speak with you guys next week come here say bye bye now peace bye guys bye people